You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, you know, we're having ongoing discussions. Um, you know, we, we're going to have some discussions with Kirill's, uh, with Kirill's camp coming up soon uh, that I'm looking forward to. I, I, I know we'll get a deal done with both of these guys. Uh, everybody's on their own time frame. Every player's looking for something different. Important, you know, different things are important to different players. So, um, you know, they move at different speeds. So we're, we're in a good spot with Kirill, I think. We're in a good spot with Kevin. We'll, we'll get these things done and, uh, you know, hopefully sooner than later. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, we're alive and well for all of you mm-hmm. who are expressing concern about the fact we didn't do a, a draft day show from the past weekend. Well, we'll... We'll get into that. And, and, and by we'll the way... We'll summarize that. By right. the way... Yeah, what's up? I resp- and and th- th- this goes with NFL draft Twitter... You make a case with NBA, and I don't. I'm not even going to pretend there's people that know the MLB draft that aren't like legitimate scouts. But drafting, like looking at all those hockey prospects, like I love World Juniors and I love college hockey. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of my time like evaluating and try to pretend like how that guy fits into a like into this team long term. Well, I think if you have a top 10 pick, you do. For sure. But the Wild didn't have a top 10 pick, and so there wasn't... Yeah, I mean, by the time you get to 15 or so, unless you are a draft Nick in, in your particular sport, then yeah, you're not going to know. Uh, the good news was, I'll, I'll just start off by saying this, the good news was Bill Guerin had seven draft picks, which yes. is something Chuck Fletcher didn't use to do. that is great, yes. Uh, and it's a good idea to build the foundation of your franchise is the draft it's not free agency it's not getting cute it is being good at selecting players and the wild selected players now if those players are good or not we won't know for a few years to come but um that was nice to see them with a slew at least or mm-hmm. I, I i think they they had they had what was it dex they had four picks in the first three rounds going uh, in yeah i think i think five five five, five, five four last year in the top 90 picks of this year's draft yep. and there was drafts under Fletcher where they had what one or two picks yeah and, and I'm you so fro- perplexed I froze you've so. frozen now you've just you're just completely frozen I'm sure we'll get you back in here so the to continue on the the big news that we want to talk about is not the draft we'll get to that the big news is the fact that NHL free agency starts tomorrow we're recording this on Tuesday free agency is going to start um I believe 11 a.m central noon if I'm not mistaken um, Eastern time tomorrow, and the Wild, the Wild's in an interesting predicament, Declan Goff, because for 2021-22, they have, I think approximately, with Carson Soucy being gone, like $29 million in cap room to spend. Which is a lot. Oh my God, they're rich. They can spend, spend, spend. But the problem is, because of the Prezi and Suter buyouts, the cap number, which is expected to remain flat for coming seasons because of the pandemic, the cap number for the wild is going to come crashing down because those buyouts are going to count more and more against the cap uh, starting next year, not this coming season. So that being said, I think what we're looking at here mm-hmm. is I think we're looking at the wild being aggressive in free agency, but instead of trying to sign guys to multi-year contracts, Dex, 
what we are probably going to see is is the Wild try and sign guys to short-term one-year contracts, pay them, you know, decently for 2021-22, sure. uh, but then not have to be burdened with having them signed after that. Let's start with two names here. Okay. Uh, because these are two guys who the Wild has been tied to in various reports so far, and I could see both of them happening unless they get blown away by somebody else, and I don't know that they will. Alex Goligoski, the former golfer, who is a, a veteran, well-traveled, was, I believe, last with the Arizona Coyotes, Correct. would like to come home. He would have to take a discount to come home, but there's always that possibility. And Nick Foligno, who was a longtime captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for the end of last season and is now on the market, another veteran, who would be paired with his brother Marcus Foligno. And there's been reports, including from friend of the show, as you call him, Michael Russo, that Nick Foligno could be signing here. Not big splash signings, but well-known names, and the Wild certainly needs help on defense when it comes to Goligoski. What do those two possibilities do for you? Uh, let's start with Goligoski, because actually I think this one's easy to obtain. Um he still played 20-plus minutes a night in Arizona. That that Coyotes team's not as good. Um, he's not the player he was in Pittsburgh. He's not the player he was in Dallas uh, when he was still scoring a lot of goals. But he's someone that can eat minutes. He's someone that can play on a power play unit. The guy has almost 50 power play points in his career. So you can slot him in. And I think he would be the if-do-de-facto like suitor replacement from a minute standpoint. I want to make that clear. From a minute standpoint. Because he's probably still going to play about 20 minutes a night. He played 23 last year. I bet that comes down a little bit. I don't see him playing 23 minutes. I'm assuming that he was probably playing top pairing minutes in Arizona. You know, there there could you could make maybe a scenario that he does still end up being paired on a top unit in Minnesota. Um, But actually, I think that one's pretty achievable for them to get on a one or two year deal. Jed at about you know somewhere in the two to four million dollar range. If you know he is older. He's going to be, he's 35 years old. He's uh, going to turn 36 here in just a couple of days. So he's at the end of his career. He's probably would like to, um, maybe to get another cup. He did win one, I believe, in Pittsburgh his rookie year after leaving the U. So he's definitely someone I think that is very obtainable and it would make a lot of sense for the Wild. He's, he's Again, he's, I don't think he's the offensive player that he once was, but he's still got a little something in the tank. He's a minutes eater and I think he knows his role. So I, I do think actually that one makes a lot of sense. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, stop the presses and it doesn't make you jump for joy. Oh my God, they got Alex Galagoski, but I do think it fills an immediate need and it's achievable need. Okay. Uh, with Nick, Nick with Nick Foligno, it's tricky with him. I, um, you know, our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson was on with us in a scoop session uh, earlier on Tuesday afternoon, and he also said that Marcus is uh, pushing hard for his brother Nick Foligno uh, to come on the Minnesota Wild this year. You know. <sighs> I would like him. I want him under the right terms. Sure. Uh, if he, if again, similar to Galagoski, if, if Nick Flino wants to chase a cup and Colorado says, hey, you know what? Here's a one year deal and you can be, you know, our third or fourth kind of bottom pairing guy here, it could make a lot of sense for him to go there. My issue is, is I, I, I know this guy's a captain and I know he probably would do a lot in the room. I just don't want to fall on the comfortable scale, right? And I don't think Nick is someone, yeah, I don't, who, think, I don't think the Felino family, I should say, yeah, not even Nick. I agree with you. Um, I don't think the Felino family is someone who are guys who get comfortable. They're, they're ball busters and they're going to hold people accountable and, mm-hmm. and they know what they want. I, projecting his contract for me, Judd, is, is it's difficult. Um, he probably would want at least a floor of $4 million per. And that's the problem. Do you want to give him, if you can get him for three years and under, 
And in that, you know, four to five range, I'm probably all right with it. But I would hope that's not the only move they would make for a forward. That's where I would go. Well, so I'm with you completely on the contract terms. So Nick Felino would have to sign and Goligoski too. They're going to have to sign what I offer them. So like if they're looking for an, another big contract, you're not doing that. Uh, the thing that I could see Felino doing a very effective job here, Nick, not Marcus, is I could see him being a very effective Parisi replacement. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at where Parisi is now skill-wise, right? And and Nick Felino's play has declined as well. But he's going to be good in the room, and I think he could definitely be a winger, a bottom six wing who could help you a lot. And again, I will stress this. In today's game, four lines is incredibly important. Like you can't have a throwaway line. You need four lines that play. And so I think Nick Foligno, bottom six-wise now, realistically would fit into that, but it all comes back to what he'll take. And if he is going to, A, chase a cup, or B, more importantly, chase a bigger payday, yep. then I'm out. Then I'm out for sure. Um, you brought up a very interesting thing, though, and that's the forwards that they're going to pursue, and that's what they're doing. Um, and... I think people were a little bit surprised. I was I was surprised that it did, their name didn't surface more when it comes to Garen in the Wild during the draft. The one thing I was waiting for, and we saw a bunch of major moves, I was waiting for the Wild to at least be floated as a team that was talking to teams that were making trades. And I was sort of I sort of thought, you know what, it's a possibility that they get a center here. Now the the guy that we've been talking about for I don't know a month or so. Reinhardt was traded from Buffalo to Florida and subsequently his contract because he's a restricted free agent would have been an issue not for this coming season but for after that and so there were things that prohibited the wild from probably getting as involved in that as we initially thought that they would be but if you've got the clip set up the Elliot Friedman uh, clip that you played on Mackie and Judd before he, he of course is one of the great NHL insiders uh, from Sportsnet, because this this one still uh, remains all types of interesting to Wild fans. Yeah, th- this would be really, really intriguing uh, if you're a member of the, if you're a fan of the Minnesota Wild, because it, it Friedman is, is not someone who I think, throw, you know, you and I love to directly speculate. I, I said Thomas Hurdle, right? And there was a little bit of maybe steam that he yeah. could be moved from San Jose, which, you know, that, that, that's the, those are the it moments, wasn't stupid, though. It wasn't stupid. Those are the ones where we pat ourselves on the back yeah, and we say, hey, absolutely. I actually was onto something yep. there. We're not just clickbait. We're not just talking about things that no one ever, ever wants to talk about. So when Friedman says basically something as prominent as that, you do have to wonder how legitimate this is or how, how serious this is actually progressing. Um, you know, when Scott Burnside of The Athletic, who did a great piece, um, was in the was in the draft war room with Bill Guerin with all the talking heads. Where's our invite? Um, and and you know Billy's a friend of the show, Judd. Um, you I'm, know what? You know what? I you know what? I'd rather be. I keep banging myself. The war room would my... be cool because honestly, just from a reporter's reporting, oh, and yeah, I bet it would be, be a blast. I like. I bet it would be just absolutely fun. Yep. I'd rather be at the bar stool with Billy and off the record shooting it. So then you and I can use that as you mm. know for number one our egos, and then number two uh, for fodder on the show. Fair enough. But this is what Elliot Friedman had uh, had to say on Sportsnet in Calgary when asked about the Jack Eichel. Market. Yeah, I think the team that really kind of wants them the most is uh, is Minnesota. Okay, but it's tricky, you know. Um, you know, I I don't know if you read Scott Burnside's piece on the Athletic today, but it certainly hinted at that. Scott was uh, was uh, 
in tuned with them, I guess, in their, uh, in their draft room. And, um, you know, I, I think that it sounds like they talked about it quite a bit. You know, the problem with Minnesota is they have those big cap hits for their, for the space for where they bought out Suter and Parise. And, you know, if they wanted to acquire, they, they have the assets to acquire Eichel. They can do it. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is that either Buffalo or someone else would have to take a player or two off their cap so that they could make it work. But, you know, right from the beginning, you know, people have always said to me, you know, the Rangers are an obvious one, mm-hmm. but Minnesota, people have always said that Minnesota likes it and would love to do it. It's just a really tricky deal. All right. So I told you a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was, that I'm out on this, that I can't give up the assets that it would take because it's going to take guys that are going to be productive players. Um, the cap hits to me seem to be excessive. There's questions about Eichel that we don't know. And flat out, most importantly, he's working out right now, but you're still hearing that he's going to need surgery and wants to have it, which means he's going to be out for a decent portion at this rate, for sure. Months. Months of a season in which, by the way, you've got a ton of cap room and, and I expect the wild to be good. So for a variety of reasons, I'm out. That's what I said, but it doesn't matter what I say. When Friedman's reporting this and we keep hearing this, right? Like, like I'm yet to see that the report that says Dex, the wild's done here. Yeah. From Um, anyone, by the way. But I mean, I've seen it from, I've seen it from a multitude of teams that have been involved. Uh, The Kings were involved. Last I saw they're out. The Ducks, who have some great young talent, they were involved, they're out. So we're hearing about a lot of teams that, right right or not, reportedly are out. The Wild's not one of those teams. Um, so while I might be out personally, I think facing the facts is this very much remains a discussion. And I don't know if it's the smart move, but it's definitely a move that Bill Guerin seemingly would like to make. Yeah. I, I think if Garen is in on it and Garen knows character, I think th- I put the, I have put the character issues aside with Heichel. The neck scares the hell out okay, of me. Okay, but 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 there, there was questions and yeah, there, no, I'm still be still questions. concerned about that. But I but I think Judd, if like I'm ranking what I'm concerned with, so number one, it's just uh, the asking price, right? Mm-hmm. And then his character being sec or his his neck being second. His character issue now to me is is third third. Like it, it's it's almost I don't care about that anymore. If Gear if Garen has evaluated and Garen's talked to enough people, I trust Garen that, that the character issue is taken care of. Now the neck issue is is honestly the biggest wild card here. You know, you, you and not Billy and myself and, and Wild Brass and actual people, they can come up with, you know, legitimate packages, but the package is always going to be under interchangeable, right? And especially the longer this lingers, we really don't know what, what the market is going to be for him. The neck is the scariest part, and rightfully so. It's a neck. It's not like he sprained his wrist. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right. it, it's not. Or tore his ACL. Or, or even tore a muscle. It's a, it's yeah. a neck. Necks are scary. It's a, it, you know, it, I, I understand that. But if Garen has done the vetting and Garen is serious about this, I, I am, I, I'm all in on it. I'm not going to be upset. If if they make this move, I, I think it would be great for it, it's it's a ballsy trade and it's calculated risk. But that that I want that I want I want the calculated risk here. I want for for, for this franchise and for a sports team here. I want the calculated risk. So I say go for it because because I know in three or four years when we're dealing with these big Caprizia suitor cap hits, then we're going to be limited. So right now it's years one and two to figure it out. And if you do nothing or if you buy time or if you want Rossi and Boldy and they don't mature and hit their ceilings for three or four more years, well, then you're still stuck in the same rut you were if you didn't trade for Eichel. So 
I think it makes a hell of a lot of sense to just do this trade. The problem is you're flushing this year. That's my problem. If you weren't flushing this year, then I would be with you. I'd say just do it. Like, it's, it, yes, it's risky. The character does concern me. Um, but, I mean, I think the the realistic thing is if this kid is going to have the surgery that it sounds like he wants to have, and, again, as we've talked about, a surgery that reportedly no hockey player has had before. Yeah. Um, and you, you said yourself, Declan, months. So I'm, I'm with you completely on the fact that there's – there's seemingly limited time to do what the wild wants to do before you're really going to go into sort of a cap hell. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you can't be successful, uh, but if you're going to do that, then it's almost more productive to do it with Rossi and Boldy and a supplemental piece. Um, So I am much more, I was and am and remain much more intrigued in trying to add somebody who's going to be a good quality center who can play this season. I, I just think it puts you in a really tough position because if he doesn't play this year, well, now now the cap hits are starting to kick in and hurt and kick your ass, which is just the reality of the situation, good or bad. And now Eichel's still here, but now you can't fill in around him. I, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of this that, to me, from a timing standpoint, seems to be wrong. And again, if it wasn't the neck, I'm with you completely. Pull the trigger, because you've got, you've got the window right now. But, like, <laughs> you'd be getting a piece that you can't, put in the window essentially with any confidence of production until 2022-23. Well, and I, th- I think that's my, where I struggle. Yeah. And my comeback to that is, well, it, all right. So if it's not Eichel, like it's Nick Felino and maybe this pious suitor kid who got, didn't get tendered by Chicago. Like you, I don't think you can afford to go into this season, running it back with Nick Felino as your only center addition, and who? Oh no, who and I don't even think a true center. Play. No, no, I think that they will make a. I, I think the. I think if the Eichel thing dries up, um, and it might not, like they might trade for him, but if the Eichel thing doesn't happen, I'm convinced they will make another trade for a center who can be productive. You're not. You're not going to get an Eichel talent, but the problem is if you get Jack Eichel for this coming season, you're probably not going to have him, or at least the the player that we know for the majority of this year. That's the problem. But I do think that they will make a trade. I, I do not think they will stand pat and be like, well, we got Felino and we'll just put him at center. That's not an option. Yeah, th- that's He's what, a definitely an option to play on this team, but not as that. And and that's what I wonder, too. If Frianchi starts tomorrow, does does the bidding, does the does the asking price from Buffalo start to drop more? That's a good question. Yeah, and, I mean... Like, that's a great question. I, I feel like I that's do feel question. like in the next 24 hours, we're really going to know if he's like, it, it's going to say a lot if okay. he's going to get moved in between now and the start of NHL free agency on Wednesday, July 28th at, I believe, 12 p.m. Central, our time. It's it's Pew's Suter. I yes. looked it up today. Pew's Suter of the Blackhawks, who they surprisingly did not tender, who's a nice little player. Um, but yeah, I, and we should know it, it'll be, it will also be intriguing with the salary cap of so Many teams being impacted by the flat market or by the flat cap. It's going to be really interesting to see who gets paid tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, because we always ordinarily have money thrown around by some teams like they're drunken sailors. Yeah. But I don't know that's going to be possible across it. It might be possible for some teams. In fact, it will be. I don't know what's going to be possible for as many teams as ordinarily do it. And I mean, we have seen some bizarre contracts given out in the past, uh, which has crippled teams. Mm-hmm crippled teams we've seen before so anyway that's going to be an intriguing thing uh among the trades before we get to 
the wild draft to wrap things up. Among the trades that we have seen, you came across an interesting one today. Marc-Andre Fleury basically given to Chicago for a prospect because the Golden Knights were desperate to uh, clear cap room. Leonard stays. He got paid last offseason. And the weird thing is, Flurry's the one then who had the great short yeah. pandemic shortened season. He, he won the Vesna. <laughs> yeah, he won the Vesna. He was outstanding. And then it sounds like he learned of being traded to the Blackhawks via Twitter. And it, if you recall, unfortunate, you know, it broke down and he's a class act. Yes. It broke down between Flurry and the Golden Knights a year ago as well when Leonard took over for him in the playoffs in the bubble mm-hmm. and Flurry was basically benched and we all thought he was done then. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he indeed plays, though, because I will say this, if he can come back at a semblance of the guy that he was this past season, Chicago Blackhawks are going to be far improved in goal, which is, and we are talking about the Central Division all being put back together. Yep. So, so the Wild will be impacted potentially by that move. Yeah, it, I, I feel bad for Flurry. Oh, yeah, um, it's a crappy thing they did to him. And And you know what? I feel bad for Flurry, but I applaud Vegas for being also ruthless at the same time. I do applaud Vegas. Why would from, you call the guy? From, from, yeah, no, no, that part they screwed That's up. Classless. No, they 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 screw that part up. But I do applaud them for realizing that hey, he's for whatever reason propped up his value. Let's let's bail now. We're spending, you know, $13 million of our salary cap to two goalies. That's that's dumb. The Wild are spending $4 million to Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen, and it's a bargain compared to that. Um, I applaud Vegas for saying, you know what, even though you were our first pick and you can make a case he's the heart and soul of the Vegas Golden Knights, we're going to capitalize and trade you now. Now, they literally said, just take him off our hands. Here's this, my, like, I don't, that prospect Chicago gave back, I don't think is anything. I don't think it's anything unsubstantial. It was just they literally just took a the whole contract. They took the whole contract to yeah. say, take it on. And now Fleury basically is contemplating if he even wants to do this. And Marc-Andre Fleury, and we were talking about in, in the playoff series against the Vegas Golden Knights, I think he's one of the most misunderstood goaltenders of all time. I mean, he's won three Stanley Cups. Um, he's, he's I believe, top three all time in, in shutouts and wins. You know, he's he's quietly one of the most productive goaltenders that's ever played, and we don't talk to, talk about him in the same vein as a Brodeur or a Hasek or a Wah because, you know, he, he wasn't, the longevity maybe wasn't there. But when times matter the most, there was a, there was a time where he was, he was the guy. So I if he went to Chicago... Yeah, it makes Chicago better because their goaltending would improve. But And Taze and Kane are still good. They're not the players they were when they're giving wild fits six, seven years ago. Taze is un- unknown at this point, too, yep. coming off his COVID I battle, like, we think. I like Kirby Doc a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know Strom could be possibly trade bait. You know, I, they, they, what, they gave up on Duck and Keith, and they're not the team that they were. They don't scare me in the division. If they got Marc-Andre Fleury and he indeed plays, they're obviously better but they're not a team that I would be too concerned with if I were the Wild, even after what Flurry did to Minnesota in the playoff series. Keep in mind, though, Chicago did get Seth Jones from Columbus as well and then and then signed him to a well. massive contract. But Seth Jones is a nice player. I, I think the Blackhawks are going to be definitely improved. I think the division's going to be pretty good. I, I mean, it, it was previously before, but there's been lots of moves made in that division that I think is going to improve teams. 
I still expect the Wild to be very competitive. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is hosting the 2021 Land Lakes Legends Classic August 6th and 7th. See some of the greatest names in the history of women's golf as they compete in the inaugural Land of Lakes Legends Classic presented by the Meadows at Mystic Lake. The Legends of the LPGA Tour is known for its fan-friendly environment with lots of opportunities for autographs, limited roping, and photo ops after the rounds. To learn more about the August 6th and 7th event, stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee Minwakanton Sioux community. Uh, let's get let's wrap things up with a draft here, okay? All right, folks, we're getting to the draft. We're finally <laughs> going to do it. We're finally going to delve into the draft. Seven picks over six rounds by the Wild because they traded away their seventh round pick. Uh, they start the draft. Factoid: I looked up on Friday night at the Twins game. By the way, mm-hmm. they start the draft by taking Jesper Wallstead, a goaltender. They traded up and took him with the twentieth pick. He's from Sweden. He's six foot three, two hundred fourteen pounds. And here's the fact: he is the first goaltender to be drafted by a Minnesota-based NHL team ever. The Minnesota North Stars drafted from sixty-seven to ninety-two. Never took a goalie first round. You're now saying, what about Don Beaupre? Beaupre was a second-round pick. Uh, the Wild, starting in two thousand, have never drafted a goaltender in the first round either. So this kid becomes the first goaltender to be taken in the first round. Yeah, and honestly, he fell. You know, a lot of a lot of the rankings that I, I did do in the mini research is me putting on my you know Adam Schefter NHL uh, a draft scout hat, if you will. Um, he was a a top ten guy from a prospect side. Now goalies are are difficult to project because it's one thing in hockey, Judd. When you know, unless you're a top pick, it's very likely that you know ninety eight percent of these players drafted aren't going to be playing the, in the NHL or making a significant impact. I should say for at least three to five years. It's similar to the baseball draft. And goalies are even more tricky because um, they can just take a long time to marinate. Look at Darcy Kemper. Look how long it took for him for him to hit a stride in his NHL career. Yep. Um, now. With this kid being a first round pick, being eighteen years old, you know I, I would assume that he's not going to be here for at least three years it, it, at the very minimum. But it's a goalie prospect. Spencer Knight stepped in for Florida, played pretty well, so you never really know what can happen. Um, but I, I, I do think it was a decent move if they weren't going to trade those picks for Jack Eichel that they took something of need. They took a position of need. If Capo Cockney isn't, you know, Cam Talbot's got a shelf life on him. So that's the more important one. You, I, I think, Cam Talbot's the more important one. You, you, you need right. to be aware that drafting in position of need versus best player available. You sometimes have to again, kind of like analytics versus eye test. You have to marry the two. You have to figure out which one you want the most. And I think taking a goalie in the first round was was the right pick. Yeah, I think what, what I think what this does is, is because you now have some depth in goal with your franchise. I think this put you in a position to possibly trade a goaltender in a future deal yep. or what you just said, which is you create a cushion because Cam Talbot's probably going to be gone after this contract. I think he's going into year two of a three-year deal. Is that right? Yes. Um, And so I wouldn't expect that he's going to have a long tenure here. I like him. He's fine. Uh, but I, but you could be in a couple of years looking at something like a Capo Kakinen and then this kid playing goal and if you do that, what's smart about that is you can do it on the cheap. Mm-hmm. And if they're good, who cares? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, in a salary cap league again, and this is why the Eichel trade sort of scares me, uh, g- given the parameters of what we're dealing with here in a salary cap league, if you can develop your picks, I, I think I'm scarred by Chuck Fletcher. Well, yeah. 
I think I'm. And I mean, he's doing it again in Philadelphia, and I they know. all think it's great because he's trading for these name players. And I let he gives up his first round pick. He gives up two second round picks. I mean, he gives up, and I know it's not that big a deal, a seventh round pick. But Chuck Fletcher, my God, haven't you learned anything? The two things that Chuck threw around like they were candy were draft picks and no, no move moving. and no trade clauses. <laughs> and it drives me nuts. I and look, he's gone, but I think I'm scarred by that because Dex. When, when we did our all-time wild draft rankings during the That's pandemic, right. when yeah. we were just desperately looking for content, and you went back and realized, like, ordinarily, it's a pain because you're like, oh, I got to go through all these drafts, right? Yeah, that, that, took, that whole project took me 10 minutes. Yeah, not very long. I mean, 15, 20 minutes. Because they basically didn't have picks. I know. And the picks they did have were often crappy. Yep. Um, but I was just like, I'm just, I was so glad to see Bill Guerin actually selecting players. Look. Free agency's fun, and like it's real sexy to add a player as a free agent, and trades are fun. But when you go back and look at those Fletcher years, especially, and Risebrow also wasn't great. When you go back and look at like how little they value draft picks, it's just nuts. Sorry, end of rant. Um, all right, what else did I have? Oh, speaking of positions of need and positions of just trying to strengthen. I also like the draft because of the six skaters that they picked, X. Yep. They took four defensemen, two centers. Now, one of the centers, Josh Pilar, who's from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Saskatoon. is listed as a center wing. But I like, but in hockey, I like taking defensemen and centers. There's Unless you, in the first round, get a phenomenal wing, because you can always move the centers to wing, right? Yep. You can't move the wings to centers. But I think that's a very, very smart idea. And as far as the defensemen go, let me go through the heights, too. Heights and weights, because that's important as well. Carson Lambos, who they took a defenseman from Winnipeg, is 6'1", 197. Jack Pert, who is a local kid or a Minnesota uh, kid, Mr. Grand Rapids. Mr. Hockey winner. Mr. Hockey, yeah, exactly. So he was their second-round pick. He's 5'11", 186, but probably still growing. Um, they took Kyle Masters in the fourth round, 6'1", 175 from Edmonton. And they took Nate Benoit, a defenseman, in the sixth round, six feet, 168. But my point is, you need, I like pursuing big defensemen. Yep. Because they're never going to go out of style in their playoff players. Yeah, you need big I guys. I like this draft. Yep. Like, just as far as the heights and weights and positions. Yep, you need big dudes. Passing, you need, um... no judgment on how good they're going to be. Correct. You, uh... You need some big guys, so I think that was the right, right move to do as well. I, I mean, what was it? The uh, it, it's off sport, but the Angels didn't they take twenty straight pitchers in the MLB draft? Yeah, they so took what, all pitchers. Twenty pitchers. Why not? Yep. Well, odds that, are, odds are, two of those guys are probably going to turn into something. Oh yeah, which absolutely, which absolutely builds a very interesting question about the National Football League draft, which is should more teams just take quarterbacks? Because if you hit on one, you, mm-hmm. it's gold. If you hit on, a, oh my God, we got a running back who's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's good. That's real good. You're going to have to pay him. Quarterback who's good? It's gold. Yep. Final thoughts before we uh, before we wrap up this Judd's hockey show. And I I think we're excited. nearing nearing a Jack Eichel move. That's that's all. And then that's you might be right, man. I'm, and I, and I, that you is, might be right. I'm not reporting that. That is that. I think we're getting awfully close to his trade destination happening within within the next. 36 hours or so. So I, what I really are the prospects so. right now? Minnesota. I think the Rangers are still Rangers, involved. Rangers, Kings, um, Ducks. Are the Kings still involved? Because they were out for a while. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Kings and Ducks could be in there. Okay, because the Ducks, um, well, the Ducks basically said that they weren't going to trade them Zegras or 
or Drysdale, right. their top two prospects, who, by the way, I probably wouldn't trade. Mm-mm. And I think that ended the Ducks' chances. But they always could come back in and say, we've changed our mind. Yeah, I think those are the, those are the primary teams. I think it would make a lot of sense for, uh, for, for all those teams to be in. So I'm, I'm excited. It's free agency. You know, the, this NHL offseason has been maybe the most fun NHL offseason we've had since, ironically enough, Parise and Suter signed here. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens. And we will react. We will be reacting. Yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell the people about tomorrow. So if something happens, which we expect it will, we will go live. Free agency starts at 11 a.m. Central time. Yep. And so if if we have, because I have to go out eventually to the first day of Vikings training camp, very exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm expecting something will happen. And when the trigger is pulled, we will react to what the Wild has done. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kings of content here. So the moment the... The moment the Wild make a signing, we will be able to most likely react to it right right away. Up in that first few hours, like I said, Judd is a is a madman possessed. Judd sleeps maybe four hours a day and works the other uh, you yeah. know twenty 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 one. I took a lot twenty of hours a day. I took a lot of naps. Um. So so yes, we'll be Cruz. we'll be here for you. Or if Jack Eichel goes yeah, down, don't worry, we will be here. Uh, it won't you know be what? like the draft. And folks. maybe just just in general, bring your microphone to to TCO if you have to. And I don't care if that means you have to get Zimmer on or Kirk on to talk hockey with us or, or whatever it is. I, you know, I don't know if Clint Kubiak wants to talk some hockey. But just uh, maybe, oh, I'm maybe sure they'd the love if I ran into the middle of the field. All right, we are uh, done, but we're not done until you say this. Ah, shoot score. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan Leaf. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.